What's up, investors? Now, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a little bit of advanced topic on infinite banking, a little trick that the folks in the Hui have found and have been utilizing to get a little bit better interest rates on the cash value portion of their life insurance. Now, if infinite banking, this life insurance stuff, and there's a lot of terms for this, a lot of marketable terms, got to love the financial industry with all these marketable terms on all these things. It's essentially the same thing. Whole life, overfunded insurance. I know people don't like whole life. Well, it's different when you crank those insurance portions down and that's where the commissions come. If you create these products with high insurance, like how most people do, and the commissions are going to be high. But the way that people do it in our world to make the infinite banking way is very different. If this is a new concept to you and you've been turned off because you happen to read Dave Ramsey, which kind of goes over the whole idea in the wrong way, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash bank. Read that quick tutorial there. We even have a free e-course that most of you guys can bum rush through in two to three hours. And then you'll be IBC experts at this point. But check out that website. And we have a lot of other free e-courses too that you guys can access them all by joining up with our club, simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. Filling out that quick form there take, takes people most like one to two minutes to just do it. Before we get going with the show, just a little bit market update, something I've been seeing lately. You know, we were talking about interest rates popping up since the start of the year, and it's creating um, a situation where a lot of these are bigger players. Now, the bigger players, as you guys know, just like in the stock market, the big players move the markets. And in the real estate world, the big players, these big, large institutions investing people's lazy retirement money just buying whatever, because that's how they get paid. They get paid when just deploying their silly capital around. A lot of these guys have taken the foot off the gas pedal a little bit with the interest rates going up. And I took the same position myself too. I re released a um, video to the people in the club. Again, you guys can get signed up for that insider access there where we talked a little bit more in depth what's happening in the market and it was a little uncertainty for us and we've got some other projects that don't really need to get the debt and higher interest rates so it's a nice little break from having to go to the normal sources for lending from Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac and community banks but what this has created and this is very counterintuitive because these large institutions have pulled back from the market has actually created a sort of buyer's market, a vacuum in this seemingly uptick in the market where there are some deals out for sale out there. Personally, I haven't really, really been actively getting anything, but been looking after been realizing this. And so that's what's happening in the market. By the time you guys are listening to this, maybe in July or whatever, it's probably over or um, this little vacuum is closing up. And eventually the institutions will come back and come back to play and because they need to deploy capital because that's how they make money. And that should sicken you guys out there. These large institutions are spending and investing lazy retirement funds, pension funds, and all they got to do is just deploy the money. And that's how they get paid. They really don't really care about buying the best assets out there. And that's just how the financial system works. That's just a little bit what's happening out there. And if you guys are looking for properties to buy, maybe I don't know if this carries over to the residential little mom and pop rental properties or under 40 units. And maybe you're finding a bit of a buyer's market there amongst the, the, the global seller's market because of the interest rates popping up and maybe just people are a little scared or about the affordability. Affordability is the, the ability 
handle a bigger mortgage payment because interest rates are lower, but now they're higher. So the affordability goes down. But um, that's what's happening in the commercial world. We talk a little bit more in depth. I sent out a, a newsletter to some folks that were impacted more about this. We actually are looking to retrade some deals because of this kind of phenomenon that's happening. We'll see how that goes. But a little bit of a buyer's market in a uh, seller's market. And the uh, thought is from the industry experts, not all the YouTube influencers or the people trying to sell stuff is that 2022, 2023 is going to be a little bit of a slower uptick year. Won't see rent growth, 5, 10, 20% rent growth, but still growth. And I think that's the major thing. So if you're underwriting your deals to assume for the normal 2 to 3% inflation, you should be fine. And I think some people are reading into that and maybe news centers are trying to sell headlines. So they're calling this recession in 2023 which to be a recession is defined as negative GDP growth for two consecutive quarters. And that's just not going to be happening in my opinion. In any case, you buy for cash flow. It doesn't really matter if it's up or down market. But anyway, here's the show. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. We're going to be deep diving into a little bit more technical tactic here that a lot of the uh, folks within the group have been uncovering. And this technique is basically using your infinite banking policy taking a, a cash value loan to go and invest in it. But there you're typically paying maybe 4 or 5% on that. But what if you could get something a little bit better? And that just makes that arbitrage gap a little bit better. So I don't know what the term for this is. And typically when there's no term for these things, it's probably a good technique. Better do it before it goes away. Although I don't think it's going to be going away. But helping me unpack this is uh, Chris Miles from MoneyRipples.com. Hey, Chris, how's it going, man? Awesome, Lance. Good to be here again. For those of people, let's start with a little basics so we don't leave anybody behind. I'll let you define infinite banking and then I'll take a stab at it because I think we define and explain a little bit differently. So for some people who have never heard about this stuff, what is infinite banking? And then we'll get into the uh, cash value arbitrage. Yeah, we strip away all the terms and all the cute little names that people try to give it because you got like infinite banking. Be your own banker, cash flow banking, wealth formula banking, and everybody's got their own little thing. Simple passive cash flow banking or whatever. I call it max RI when we do it. It's all basically what we're doing is we're taking life insurance, specifically whole life insurance, not term insurance, because you can't, there is no cash in term insurance. You have to die to get it. Um, and we're not talking about universal life because that doesn't work as well either. We're talking about using whole life insurance, something that's boring in and of itself. But here's the key thing is that if you get it designed where you put the lowest death benefit cost coming out and the highest amount of cash that you're putting in, what happens now you create this tax-free supercharged savings account. You have this money that's able to build and grow tax-free, just like a Roth IRA, but you don't have all these 59 and a half rules. You don't have to worry about the government changing all the laws on you. You can't figure out what to do next. All this stuff is set and the money is accessible from day one where traditional whole life the stuff that Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman hate, we're not talking about that. That traditional whole life is crap, okay? That's the stuff where you have to pay tons in insurance costs, tons in commissions, and it's not worth it. And so that's what we're really doing here is that we're creating this tax-free supercharged savings account with this life insurance. Yeah, there's a death benefit, 
but we get this minimal death benefit needed to allow this X amount of cash to go in tax-free, growing tax-free, coming out tax-free. And here's the coolest part. This is the part that we talk about all the time and kind of the topic today is that we're taking this money and we're not just letting it sit there and earning the five plus percent a year tax-free, right? That's great, but that's never going to get you to your freedom. The way to get to your freedom is you can take this money, leverage it. You can get a bank line of credit against it, whether it be through the insurance company or through a separate bank. You get a line of credit against the money that's in this policy to then go and invest outside. So you can take that money and use it for whatever you want. You can go and buy properties. You can go and invest in the syndication. You can put your money in apartments or whatever it might be. You can take this money and invest it wherever you want. The cool thing is because you're getting this line of credit against it, the money's still earning tax-free dividends inside the life insurance. And at the same time, you're also earning money in your real estate. So you're really double dipping on the same money that you've been saving up in the first place. You, you know, give an example. We're going to talk about this here. There's a line of credit you can get right now as low as 3%. Now, if you're earning 5% in your life insurance, you pay 3%. That means you just created arbitrage like the bank did when they loan you money. They make more off of you. You're doing the same thing off the bank now. You're making a net 2% plus whatever you're earning on that investment. So if that investment's paying you 15% and you have 2%, now that's 17% you're now earning, again, with the money you're already going to be investing anyways, but now we're instead just pulling out of savings, we're using our life insurance to be the thing that funds those investments. Yeah. So there it is, folks. But we'll break it down a little bit slower for some of you guys who missed it. Maybe you can do a little role play here because I think that's what this stuff is. It's very different than what anybody else talks about. It takes a while or people that it's not crazy nonsense. But going back to just the general idea in infinite banking, you know, what I've been explaining it lately, it's you buy a house and you put a whole bunch of equity in there and mm-hmm. it grows up. Essentially, it's like the same thing, folks, right? You're using this whole life policy, like a, a HELOC on a house, right? Now you can take a loan off of your whole life insurance and then use that as you see fit. Just like if you have a house, and you're, you're paying it down, but then you can take that equity out. Think of it as the same thing here. Now, I'll like take a lot that pays you interest. And the house in the house example, the house is obviously appreciating. And in the, mm-hmm. the in IBC example, the insurance policy is also appreciating too. Now, there are some like, I think the biggest thing against this stuff is you'll see a lot of YouTube videos or whole life is a scam. I think Chris and I will both agree that yes, Whole life insurance is to be a stem. If you are working with somebody who's creating this stuff with a high percentage going to the commissions mm-hmm. and the insurance part. Now, the key to this is using like the bare minimum of life insurance. And the dirty little secret is this is how the insurance agents make this type of money is they ratchet up those commissions. So we've had a, a client, what, what we looked at is, I think it was for like, I don't know if we can say the name, but I think it's like Snoopy's brand or something like that. I'll just go with that. Uh-huh. But it, we looked at and they're like, yeah, we can't, it doesn't really work. And so we'll look at what is the percent split of life insurance portion. And it was 100%, the whole damn thing. And yes, when mm-hmm. it's done like that, it is a, kind of a scam. It's not a good deal. And it's exactly what they all are talking about. Dave Ramsey, Susan Armand. But we're talking about, yes, we're talking about whole life, but we're talking about it done very different. And maybe I can think yeah. of a, a, a analogy on the fly here. It's saying like 
all cars are dangerous, right? Yeah, if you're like driving around a little Mazda Miata, it's pretty freaking dangerous. But if you've got like a big truck, it's not, right? But people think in generalities, they think cars are dangerous in a way. The same thing here, full life insurance, don't clump the type of specific type of design policy with the low insurance portion, which happens to have the lowest commissions for that agent, which is why they don't want to do it for you. That's why you got to work with people who don't care about really money. It's more about volume in a way, but the infinite banking in a nutshell. So we'll go into an example here, right? So like, say you have, say you're putting in like a hundred grand a year for several years and you've built up a cash value of maybe 300,000. And mm-hmm. I want to go and the way people will use this, the use case is to pull the money out and go into a deal, put in 50, 100 grand to next deal, pay it down as you make money from your day job and replenish the loan or just take out the whole loan for forever. That's another way of doing it. When I do that, if I go and take the loan from my current insurance policy, taking it's like the house loan in a way, I think I'm paying what, like 5% or something like that. And, but now you're, let's go into like, all right, what does somebody need to do to not get this house alone, but go to kind of third party, maybe aftermarket. Yeah. Once you have at least $50,000, $70,000 in cash value you build up, you start to have more options open up to you. Most people just use the insurance company and that's fine. Even some of the insurance companies, because they've lowered their guarantees. Some of them are loaning at 4% right now. But at the same time, like that can, that sometimes can affect your dividends, right? How much you're getting paid. So these third parties, what it allows you to do is allows your money to keep growing, doing its thing but you get a line of credit that's separate. Right now, the lowest ones I've seen are either three or three and a quarter percent. There's a few banks, banks like Coastal States Bank is has a bottom floor rate of three and a quarter percent. One I just set up for myself after I had Coastal States Bank is the bank court. I actually have them at 3%. So the cool thing is I can do the same thing I do with my life insurance where I went to the life insurance company, asked for a loan. It would take about a week or so to get the loan from the insurance company before the money's in my actual bank account. But with these banks, you can actually have them set up electronically with your checking account where you can actually just do it yourself. You don't have to go through the company or a middleman to request it. You can actually go and click a button online and move the money over and it's there in a few days, which is great, especially if you have a deal that's coming, you got to fund it in 48 hours or something. Much better be able to click a button than say, hey, let me call up my insurance company and wait a week for it to come. There could be worse things, but, but it's nice when you have these third parties involved because and it's not just the banks like I mentioned. Sometimes your local will offer options too. It could be a credit unit, it could be a bank. You really you just ask them, say, hey, listen, can I do what's called a collateralized line of credit, specifically against my life insurance policy? And some banks won't touch those because they just don't do it. They don't specialize in it. They specialize in other well, but others will. I had somebody, a client who's getting three and a quarter percent or three and three quarters percent through their local bank. And even though they could get a cheaper rate, they said, hey, I love the convenience. I can walk in get to be able to pull the money out of my line of credit physically, or I can do it electronically. It's just for easiness. I'll do that. There's lots of different ways you can do it that most people just don't realize. And insurance agents are there too. Most insurance agents don't realize that you can go to banks and actually get these collateralized line of credits and, and really be able to get a better return on your money just by doing that, by making more than what you're having to pay on these loans. Yeah. And in actuality, like it's actually a good deal, good loan to keep on the balance sheet for the bank. What do I know? I don't own a bank. But the problem is a lot of these banks don't know what the heck you're talking about, especially when you're working with the junior employee, the, the front facing. You're going to have to get past that first or second round of bureaucratic thinkers, yeah. and followers. But again, what was that terminology? What were you asking again? So we can sound cool when we walk into a bank. Hopefully yeah. you're wearing 
polo shirt that day just come from the gym walking in like you just got off the golf course yeah just ask for that collateralized line of credit or secured line of credit is another name that the bankers might understand most time when they do a secured line of credit they take your savings account and they give you a line of credit against your savings this is no different just it's not with their institution it's going to be with the insurance company here's a key thing it does need to be whole life in many cases it does have to be a whole life policy because whole life insurance is guaranteed where I know there's several banks, including like the ones I mentioned, like Bank Corp or Coastal States Bank, they will not lend on index universal, which has become a hot topic since the market started booming again in the last you know, decade plus. So index universal life are not guaranteed. Even though they have a floor rate, they could still lose money because the insurance costs are coming out too. So many banks will not give you a loan against that. So you got to be careful. Now, the cool thing is that you can use this in a variety of ways. If you're just looking for that line of credit, it's very easy to ask for. Another example of how you can use this is I had a client out in Minnesota. They, they wanted to buy an office building, a commercial building that they were leasing themselves, but they wanted to go and lease out different units, essentially turn it into a rental property for themselves. The total of the building with the build out was about 375000 They had about 320000 inside their life insurance. So they went to the, their local bank and said, listen, we could pay this in cash almost with our life insurance, but can we get a line of, can we basically get a mortgage using this as collateral? And the bank said, yes. And uh, not only did they give them the loan, they gave them the build out. So they gave them 375000 more than they had their, in their cash value in their life insurance. And they gave them such a, a nice rate, such a low rate that their payment was like 1800 bucks a month on a commercial building. So they had excellent terms made bank, no pun intended, but they made bank easily. They made good profit on this rental because they took one tenant and they made their mortgage payment. What's really cool is a year and a half later, after the build out was done, after they started renting out the property, they went back to the bank and said, hey, can we have that lien taken off our life insurance? Because they just put a lien on it. So they couldn't touch the money that was there. That was the collateral. They took the lien off, kept the terms exactly the same. They still had the same monthly payment. They still had all of the same terms. Uh, but now that 300,000 plus that was in their life insurance was freed up to use again, however they could. So it actually gave them like much better terms on the mortgage than they would have got just getting a normal commercial loan using the building as collateral. So there's lots of different ways to use this more than we've talked about. And I know you even did a post on LinkedIn about using this with 52090 college plans and doing this instead of those where you have more control of money and it's off the books. So you qualify for things like that. I mean, there's a, there's so many ways to use this, but ultimately if you're going to leverage this you want to have, be able to pay the least interest possible. And that's why we always try to encourage, one, make sure you design it like you were talking about earlier. And then two, make sure we get the lowest interest rate on that collateral loan so that you can actually go and create that double dip effect, making more profit on your life insurance and making more money in your real estate investments. I like that idea though. So we have some clients that like are quitting their jobs because this general stuff works and it allows you to quit your yeah. job. But the problem there is you lose that IW2 income and maybe walking into the bank, talking to somebody with half a brain and putting this on the table as collateral. I'm also, I, I, we worry that they would not just put a lien on it, but they want it to put it in escrow of another account that might not be as good. But these are yeah. types of things that you can have a good conversation with your banker if you have that personal relationship and kind of put this on the table, which again, just speaks to the validity and the security of this insurance policy. It's backed by a huge corporation conglomerate. Sometimes they're investing in apartment buildings themselves to back the collateral. So these are just examples of overall, like these techniques that we talk about here, or like that the 529 technique or the whole mortgage technique. 
using this type of stuff, that you only get people in the weeds doing this type of stuff. Ain't no banker, ain't no financial planner. I know you, you don't have financial planners at all, but like and these guys are, they don't do this stuff. This comes from like interacting with other people and then kind of tinkering it, the, the optimizers. Yeah. It's, it comes from us having experience doing this kind of stuff because you've got them too. It's, it really does come down to that. Financial advisors, see, understand that financial advisors are not financial experts, right? Even insurance agents are not financial experts. They are just trained by the insurance company or by the financial institution they work for to teach you what they want to be taught to you. So they're always going to make it seem like it's something that's forever out there. Like even with these infinite banking policies, most people say whole life, oh no, you don't want to do that infinite banking stuff. You want to use this as a supplemental retirement 30, 40 years down the road. Not today, not a way to create wealth and create massive income now. There's a guy that you and I both know, we won't mention his name. He's a fund manager, right? He owns his, has his own fund that he manages brilliant guy. And then he told me he had a MetLife whole life policy. He said, oh, I've got a whole life policy through MetLife. It's great. I pay in for 20 years. And then for 10 years, I've got this tax-free pension. And he's so happy about it. He's like, yeah, I'm putting in 20 grand a year. I'll be able to pull out 60 grand a year for 10 years and and tax-free. I'm like, that's cool. That's the traditional way of doing it. But like, you're a fund manager. Like this is money that's now out of your life that you're not touchy because you're told to lock it up. And I showed him, I said, what if we just made a crappy 10% return on your fund, which I know he makes way more than that. I was like, what if you just made 10% on your money and you actually use that money and invested out here while it was still growing inside here. And I, sh- I showed the same 20 years. The difference was instead of having $60,000 a year tax-free as what the insurance agent taught him at MetLife, he was actually going to get about $178,000 pretty much tax advantage because most of it's for real estate while the rest of it's coming from life insurance. The life insurance income was almost the same it was the extra 120000 a year of passive income he was getting from using that same money. And so that's the thing is that, again, these guys are not financial experts. Even the people out there are telling you infinite banking is the way to go be your own banker. And then they say, oh, the first year you put in 20000 you only have 12000 It's that 60-40 split. Guys, when they try to tell you that's the best design, I'll tell you, from an investor perspective, I've never seen that as designs ever beat anything that we've done. That's the kind of prompts we always have is that we'll beat anybody's numbers out there. And that whole 60-40 split, they're like, oh, it's the best way to get bull. It's the best way for them to go to get still do infinite banking and still get paid more commissions. It's just, you got to really be careful of what's out there. There's so much misinformation. No wonder Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman thinks it's a bunch of crap because there's so many people conflicted with their self-interest or they're just not taught that insurance companies how to do it right the first time anyways, because insurance companies have their own self-interest. It's so hard to find it done the right way. It, it's very simple. Like it's hard for the consumer like it's very similar to a lending broker, right? If I'm yeah. trying to shop mortgages, I get this like term sheet supposedly, but it's just all convoluted and it's hard for me to kick out like the, the fees that are consistent among agents and et cetera. And what are like the variable ones that really what I should be comparing and rate. Um, in this case, you don't see how they're going to configure it with, you know, either 60, 40, 100, 0, 90, 10, 80, 20. Like you don't see that until like you, does that come out after the physical? Oh, no. That's a total sales tactic that's taught out there. Like, like when I show you numbers, I showed you them up front before you even put it in an application. Um, that's one of our promises. We'll always show the numbers. But there's a sales tactic out there taught in the insurance industry that you only show numbers after you get the approval. And they'll use the excuses, which is a half truth. They'll say things like, we want to make sure you get the right health rating. So then we give you real hard numbers. But the truth is, I can ask you a few questions about your health. And I would say 90 
98% of the time, we're going to come up pretty close to the right health rating. There's been a few exceptions where somebody omits some information. I was like, whoa, okay, that's a way different health rating. But for the most part, it's okay. You're going to be probably about this health rating. Preferred and then the numbers are whatever. exactly the way they expect. There's no mystery. It doesn't have to be that mystery. So just know that's a sales tactic. You don't, you can know numbers up front and be able to know exactly what, and you want to make sure they're apples to apples too. That's another issue that I had with one of our friends is that this guy is one of his friends, personal friends. They're in go to the same church and everything. He had two policies with me. That friend convinced him to try to cancel the two policies with me. And, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I finally got him on the phone. I was like, what's going on? He's, oh, he says the numbers are better. I said, listen, I can't even beat your old numbers. Just like your, yours, Lane. Like, I couldn't beat your numbers anymore because you're older and things change as time goes on. It gets less of a return. I was like, there's no way he beat those numbers. Come to find out the only way he beat those numbers, it wasn't apples to apples. It was actually him putting in $80,000 more just to catch up. To so he would have to cost his family $80,000 just to finally say, oh, look, now I have as much as what I would have had with Chris anyways. And he's a smart guy. He owns multiple real estate companies. He has nonprofits. Smart guy. But again, like you said, you just never know because those agents, they, they don't always make these apples apples. You have to really find something you can trust that will say, hey, this is good or this is not. Yeah, that, that sales technique, I was like shopping for a car. They just wanted me to come in and drive the thing. I'm like, dude, I don't want to come in and drive. I don't, I've driven a car. I don't need to like feel it. I'm driving around the block. Like stop wasting my time. But they want me to have some kind of skin in the game. And for me, it's time is my currency. So they, same thing, right? You got to go to this mm -hmm. BS of having the physical. And you got to do it eventually, but they want you to do it first with them. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's the nose, like this, like the camel's nose in the tent, right? They're just trying to get you to walk that path. I remember seeing that in the mortgage industry when I was mortgage licensed. They would get you to go through the whole process and you're right about time you're supposed to close your mortgage. And then they say, oh, by the way, the rate's actually lower than I quoted you, or not lower, but it's higher than I quoted you on the mortgage rate. So you're like, do I go back to that other person that quoted me lower? Or after this whole month of going through this process, am I just going to go with them? You're usually going to go with them. And that's the kind of sales tech that they use in the insurance industry that you really just got to watch out for. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the downsides of this particular technique. And really there isn't other than how much like how much pain and effort and brain damage do you want to go through like setting up like a little bit better aftermarket loan, if you want to call it. And, and this is where I, I ask people, it's depending how big your policy is, right? I think average investors, a lot of investors are putting in maybe a hundred bucks a year for several, six years. So let's just say they have maybe $200,000, maybe even half a million, but let's just say 200,000 because that makes the math pretty easy. Say they're yeah. getting like a 2% delta in that better rate, like 2% of 2000 is, what is that? Four or yeah, $4,000 a year. Is that worth it? I don't know. Some people will say that $4,000 is what they spend going out with some friends. So some people will say that one-tenth that I can't do to buy a rental property. Probably if you're yeah. getting that big of a policy, you're probably not buying little rental properties at that point. Now that's one-tenth that you're going into the next, that's one month that you're going into the next deal. May or may not be that useful to you, but there is a little bit, maybe talk a little bit about like, all right, so what do I do, Chris? I, I got to go find the bank. I got to talk to the person. And then let me talk a little bit about how much pain is pain is this? How much time does this take to set it if up? You're, if you're trying to do it on your own, it's going to be pain in the butt. It's going to be horrible. That's why I just tell my clients, listen, just come to us. Ask us, like, where's the best place to go? You go to one bank, you know exactly where you're going to get the best rate. And just make it easy. Because we always have those relationships too. And we don't get paid from those relationships. That's a good connection. That's a value add for our clients. You bring up a good point. Let's 
4,000 bucks worth it on a couple hundred grand. It's when you look at a value add deal, when you're looking to buy an investment property, you're looking at it. If you just look at it from year one, you're going to say, ah, cash, cash flow is okay. But obviously you never do that as an investor. You're looking at, hey, how can we do if we start doing value add stuff and start up the brand on different doors and whatnot and increase the value and the profits, then it starts to build up to be more money. That's true at the life insurance too, because it's not just that 2% simple. It's actually a 2% compounding rate that adds to it. So I'll give you a real life example. Um, I was showing some of the difference between putting in like a quarter million dollar down payment on a small apartment, right? For a million dollar apartment, quarter million dollars down versus using their savings account versus using their life insurance. Now, if you use your savings account and you earn 0.1%, which is pretty decent right now, you're in 0.1% and then you pay taxes on that 0.1%. The crazy thing is after 10 years, right? Uh, 10 years of that, that with that 250,000, you end up actually not even 10, it was nine years. Nine years, you only end up profiting about 1,200. That's the, all the interest you made, taking all that cash flow from that property and putting it back in to build up your savings account that you liquidated. Because most people just, they take that quarter million dollars they use that as a down payment and they just take the cash flow to build up their savings slowly over time. And I use the example that you're only cash flowing 2,500 a month. That same thing, if you're to do that with the life insurance, where instead of paying back into a savings account, you just pay it back towards that line of credit that now you're paying down that loan that's at 3% while you're earning five plus percent. Here's the difference. Savings account earned about 1,200 interest. The life insurance in nine years earned 145 grand. So it was about a hundred times better, even though, yeah, it's like 0.1 versus 2%. And it seemed like it's only 20%, but that compounding effect over those years is huge. And so it, it, it's a no brainer when you think about it. It's like, if I'm going to make 1200 bucks, I might as well make 145 grand. Is that worth one time getting something set up and making it easy? And again, if you have team support, like with our team, it makes it easier because you're not in it by yourself. You're able to have that. Support. Yeah. And, and it is, this whole financial journey is like, it's a game of inches. These are the little mm -hmm. things that kind of get you down the football field to where you want to be. Unless your net worth is over a few million dollars, you take it easy and not optimize. But I bring this up because a lot of people in our family office, our inner circle, like we're a bunch of like over optimizers. They're just like their color hats in a good way. But and I mean, on the one hand, like the, the dude with his little teeny tiny, like, Ten twenty thousand dollar policy, like really, how much money does this equate? To? But then again, that's the person that needs to be doing this type of nonsense per se, right? This is the person yeah. that needs every single little inch because they need to get down the football field. Point. So, you notice I didn't bring up the strategy that some people talk about online when they talk about internet banking, which is using it as like your own check checking account, right? Like your own bill pay account, and they're trying to pay all their monthly expenses with it. That to me. That is, you're trying to get an inch. It's just not worth it. Like you save, you might make a few hundred bucks or so a year in interest just by trying to pay all your bills using this and money's going in and out back and forth. That to me is ridiculous. How are they For, setting that up? Because people will do that with their HELOCs, right? Somehow they're able to pay their bills out of their... Well, and I think HELOCs a little easier. You could do it with life insurance, but the, the problem is this, is that the insurance salesman, they're trying to sell it to you. And I do say salesman when I say it because... They'll try to say, yeah, all your income goes into this. And they set up these humongous policies. First off, you have to lie on an application just to be able to put in that much because most companies won't let you put in more than 25% of your stated gross income every year. For someone to say, put in their whole paycheck, they'd have to say, we're putting in 100% of my income. Less, that They would never go for that. And insurance company will never say yes to that. So theoretically, it sounds great, but it's a bunch of bull. And then when you really ask those insurance salesmen, like, how do I really fund this every year? Oh, we well, just put your whole paycheck into it. That all it does is just 
make this huge, massive policy that you're paying a crap load of insurance costs to and getting very little benefit. It's, it's not worth it. You really have to have a lot of surplus cash to do that. And like I said, like just that strategy alone really just doesn't save you much money. And same thing with HELOC, the velocity banking, that kind of thing. From a number standpoint and a calculator, sure, it might make sense to a little bit, but what's the time? What's it cost your time and energy is one. Two, what about the reality? Like, for example, this doesn't work as this isn't a much of a threat with your life insurance because life insurance, it's guaranteed. Banks are willing to lend against them. But on a house, if you try to get a HELOC, you try to charge it up and then pay it down aggressively really fast. The risk you run, especially when times get hard in recessionary times, is that those banks will take those lines of credit, the limits, cut them down to your balance. They will break them, cut them all the way back. So all the money you paid into it, you just pull it back out again, it's gone. So in a practicality standpoint, even though, yes, I know I could save interest on a HELOC by paying it down, I don't. I leave it maxed out. I let it stay up at the limit because I know banks, because I watched it happen in the last recession, to me personally, banks will cut down your lines of credit and not give you a warning. Uh, with the life insurance, the good thing is they don't worry about market risk. They don't worry about your house depreciating. It's not based on that. So you really don't have that kind of threat. So it's a and, different game. And that's the one big point why this IBC stuff is superior to the HELOCs mm-hmm. getting equity out of there. Yeah. yeah, some of this takes a little time, but personally, it seems like a lot of work to me. But I was also the guy at one time who would like you know those rewards, credit cards, we or debit cards where you got to do 12 transactions. Well, I would go to four different gas stations out in the freaking cold and do like three at a time. If not, they would uh-huh. shut off my card. I would also fly back from like, you know, I'd always be in like Montana or wherever, but I would fly out of, I forget what it was, Denver or Salt Lake. But we'd always go to there to go back to Seattle, but I would always go to the more farther one to get more miles. It's a stupid. All these layovers and you're tired all the time. I, I like simplicity. I think simplicity really, that energy saver is the ultimate ROI. You can use these strategies and get really complex with them, but I like to use them just for the bigger stuff, the stuff that really makes makes an impact, that really makes a difference. Everything else, don't you have to become a master at? You don't have to be that smart just to be able to use this in a simple way, which is I'm going to use this money and invest a bit and just take the cash flow and use that to pay back towards my line of credit. And that's all you do. I think the one thing I like, so Chris does coaching. So Chris is really good. He's a lot more patient than I am. And there were actually a couple of people this last week. I talked to Chris that were like, all this stuff we're talking about is like the sand and they have big rocks, which are problems, right? They have $500 million plus of like dead equity in their house. This stuff we're talking about is like way high up in the tree for them for now. But yeah. they just, a lot of people, especially people who've been doing this long, but people who have harder, worse habits, money habits, who think that they should have big equity positions in their house. It's just a big mindset shift. And so I was like mentioning, yeah, you should go work with Chris because Chris will actually hold your hand and walk you this type of stuff. Where I'm a little bit less and more impatient. And so what's the problem? See what they're all they're doing. It. Here's this group doing it. Jump off the cliff too, in a way. But yeah, Chris, once you get your contact information or how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, two different ways that you do that. I mean, one, you can always follow our own podcast. We have the podcast called The Chris Miles Money Show, as you find on iTunes, YouTube, wherever you go for podcasts. Uh, and then you can also go to our website, moneyripples.com. And uh, we even have a playlist on infinite banking that's on there. You can go and check out and be able to watch different videos and learn. You can go deeper down that rabbit hole if you want to take the red pill. All right, folks. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Join the club. Check out the website, simplepassacashflow.com slash club. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. 
This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.